0: You know, I was, um, I was standing there, I was just blown away by the atmosphere in this room, the love for people, the love for Jesus, and the love for life. Just so good. And um, just so good. And Pastor Leon, thank you for having me, and Allison, and Simon. Pastor Simon, thank you so much. These guys are amazing, aren't they? Um, you know, we, we loved having Pastor Leon at, at Liberty Church in South Africa, just blew us away with his ministry. You have a world-class leader and leaders in this church. I met some of the leaders last night, world-class. And what what Pastor Leon does in Singapore and Africa, wherever he goes, is part of what you're doing in the nation. So every time you invest by serving, giving, worshipping here, you're investing in the nation. So I want to thank Zion Church for all that you do and all that you have done and all that you're yet to do. And I just want to say, I, 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 I want to say that I just want to get this over with right now because I just feel I need to say this, and um, I, I hope you take it in the right spirit, but this is a well-kept secret. I bet if half the people in Hales Owen or the Birmingham area knew what happened here on a Sunday morning, they would get here. You know, stats show that 70% of people say that don't go to church if they were invited by a person they liked. Would most probably come, and you look very likable. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, I, I, you know, what a, I mean, you don't, you always get a great concentration of such good-looking people in one place, and you guys are incredible. So imagine if we didn't keep this a secret, and um, if we just, this is so good, this worship is world-class. I mean, I preach all over the world. I, I sound, that, that sounds a bit, you know, about four or five places other than, <laughs> than where I preach. Home. But. Uh, you know, uh, but, but this is world class. This, this worship is just, these musicians are amazing. The singers, the choir, just this is incredible. Why should we keep it a secret? Because God it, it loves people. And he loves people that work with you and I and, and live near us. And so I want to encourage you. And you've got great leaders. I mean, look at these guys. I mean, where do they get their shirts? <laughs> I mean, every time I see Leon, he wears the most amazing shirts. So guys, if you want to find out where to get shirts, like can come and see them afterwards, because I'm sure they'll tell you, and I'm sure where they bought those shirts that they sell men's clothing as well. So, um, so, uh, so, find out. so um, just find out from them, you know, because I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll hook you up, you know. I mean, just the most amazing shirts. And it takes a real man to wear pink, right? And so, um, uh, what kind are your socks? Get on with it. <laughs> and they match. Oh, this guy's metrosexual. Awesome. Um, um, I have, um, if you feel that God may use me this morning uh, and you want to hear uh, another sermon by me, um, I, have a, I have some USB. Um, what are they called, USB sticks, sticks. sticks. right. Um, sorry, I'm a grandfather. And, um, <laughs> and uh, they're 10 pounds each, and there's 10 uh, video sermons on each one, so you get a, it's a pound a sermon, uh, which is um good value for money nowadays. So um, so th- um, Simon, you'll have those available uh, over there, terrific. And then if you want to follow me on, Insta- uh, on Instagram, um, you can do that, or Twitter, or Facebook. You know, I, Karen and I have uh, four children and three grandchildren. And, um, like, doesn't this all get confusing? Like, YouTube, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Flickr. I wish I just put it all together, you know? Like, I have one app called, You're Flicking Insta Twit Face. <laughs> That would just like make it so much easier, you know, if it's just like you're flicking into the twit face and then we'd have one, you know, it's just so confusing, you know, but I'm just trying to keep up with it. But if you want to follow me, you can follow me. Are you ready for the word of God this morning? Okay, if you have your Bible, um, go to um, Matthew, Genesis, Exodus, Matthew, if you're new to the Bible, and Matthew 14, and we're going to have a look at Matthew 14. And um, I want to speak about it's time to step up. Step out. It's time to step out. I believe God has a word for you this morning. I believe it's a word um, that God has for this church. I believe this church is the best kept secret. And that's not a compliment. And because uh, and, uh, you've got such an awesome thing happening here. You love Jesus so much. You do incredible things in the community. I love all the projects you're involved in. I love all the ministry involved. This is a busy church. Have you noticed? I just look at the news, right? I mean, it's just a busy church, but it's a fantastic church because it's a church that carries the conviction that God loves people, uh, that 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 we love people because God loves people, that all people matter to God, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. I mean, just a, a dodgy crook. I mean, a guy like this um, and to be on staff is amazing, anyway. And um, but God loves people, so this is a great. But it's time to step out. I believe that um, there's coming a time, Leon, where where this church, God's going to draw back the curtain, and He's going to bring out this church into the light. It's been hidden for some reason. You've faced huge obstacles, but I want to tell you, um, God's going to draw back the curtain, and God's going to bring this church to be a city set upon a hill, so that He can bring the light that's in this church, from this church, into wider circles into this community and that means that there's an opportunity for you irrespective of how young or how old you are it doesn't matter where you've been and what you've been up to you matter to God, and you can play an incredible role, and you can live for the glory of God. Because I believe that the first ten of the Westminster Catechism is absolutely true, that the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. And you're never going to enjoy your life as much as when you don't live for yourself. Because a person wrapped up in himself makes a very small package. But a person who's wrapped into the purposes of God to bring glory to God, to bring honor to God, to bring favor to to the purpose of God, will enjoy life. You see, we try and find joy in the things out of this world that are new today and old tomorrow, that are temporary in nature. But if we invest ourselves for the glory of God, you will tap into what God has always put into you. You see, God took nine months to put into you what's going to get over 90 years to get out of you because he's put so much into you so that you can live a life for his glory and for your joy. And I know we all want to be happy, but what makes us happy is not living for ourselves but living for him. So we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to pick it up in verse um, 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. He just um, fed the 23,438. If you want to know how i get to that number, if you're in the leadership meeting tonight, I'll, I'll explain it to you. It's special revelation. Not many pastors get this, but I give all the glory to God. Um, so um, he's just fed the 23,438 people, and there were baskets left over When you get involved in the purpose of God, there's always baskets left over. Yeah. And so he, there's always more than enough, and God is a God of abundance. Um, he doesn't have German precision when it comes to his generosity. He doesn't feed them all exactly the same way. God is always the God of more than enough. So... But when it comes to cars like the BMW I came to church in this morning, I'm happy for German precision in Jesus' name. So, oh, it's a great car, Simon. Okay, I'm getting distracted. You're such a great crowd. I'm getting totally distracted. I'm ADHD. I'm I'm having fun. Okay, let's. um, um, So he said to his disciples, go to the other side. By the way, hello from the other side. Uh, uh, Just uh, uh, listen, if Jesus says you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. Right? Right. After he dismissed them, he went up onto the mountains by himself to pray. You can be by yourself. You can be alone, but you don't have to be lonely Mm -hmm. when you spend time with God. Mm -hmm. When evening came, he was there alone. Oh, listen to the bells. Mm -hmm. Remember? That's wonderful to hear on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of school. Anyway, (laughs) it was a long time ago. Just after the flood. But the boat... So so he, he he spent some time alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against They were in a storm during the fourth watch of the night, 3 a.m. in the morning. Jesus went out to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Lord, if it's you, Peter said. Do you know people who speak before they think? If they're in the service, don't look at them now. So Peter's one of those guys, right? He speaks before he thinks. He says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat. It's time to step out the boat. And he walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me immediately. Jesus reached out his hand and called him, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him. Truly you are the Son of God. Just got a few points this morning. And the first point is in verse 27. Jesus says, fear not. Don't be afraid. Be courageous. Fear not. Those words, fear not, take courage, do not be afraid, appear 366 times in the Bible. One for every day and there's one for good measure. God's message to us is don't live in fear. Fear not, take courage. Listen, Jesus first speaks to the disciples' fear before he speaks to the storm. You may be in a storm right now, but Jesus is coming to you and he's saying, fear not. Take courage. Be strong. And if Jesus says you can be strong, you can be strong even if you don't feel strong because it's not about what you feel. It's about who told you to be what you said you could be when the one who created you can tell you to be who he made you to be and you can be strong. I don't know what you're going through right now, but his word to you this morning is be strong, be courageous. You see, our sole duty in life is not to avoid or eradicate fear. We will have fear in life. Just living in this world, in a foreign world, in a society where there is so much can go wrong, where, where, where bad things happen to good people. We live in a society that has a preoccupation with comfort and convenience and security. But the call of God to each one of us, whether we're in business or education or or whether we work with a family or healthcare or entertainment or sport or whether we're in media or politics, whatever sector of society you're in, we need to build a faith in a God who tells us to fear not. You see, the love language of God is faith. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God. And so the way we please God is by building a faith. And the way we build our faith is not in the absence of fear, but we build our faith in the presence of Jesus despite the fears we face in life. Jesus is walking on the water. There's a storm. Jesus says, fear not. And so we build our faith not on the vacillating tide of our feelings, nor on the fractured fault lines of our failures. We do not even build our faith on the fruitful vistas of our past successes, but we build our faith on the faithfulness of God in Jesus Christ. God is waiting to show himself faithful on your behalf if you will put your trust in him, if you believe in him despite the fears that you face in life. Verse 28. Verse 28 is on the screen. Is it on the screen? There we go. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I believe it's time to step out. And Jesus is calling you to a closer walk with him. Jesus is calling you in the midst of your storm, in the midst of the thing you're facing that's producing fear in your life. He's asking you to put your faith in him. Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me to come to you in the water. And then in verse 29, Jesus says one word. One word that changes everything. He says, come. And suddenly, it's no longer a conversation that is involving some negotiation and an invitation with some options. When Jesus says, come, it's now an instruction. An instruction needs obedience. It needs a response to obey Or to disobey. And I believe that God is speaking to you today. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know why you're waiting. I don't know what's taking you so long. But I want to tell you that 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 this morning God's word is coming to you, and it's time. To step out. It's time to take hold of the things for which God has taken hold of you in Christ Jesus. It's time to step out. Others may stay afloat in the boat, but don't measure yourself amongst yourself and just stay in the crowd. It may be that your family doesn't want to come to church. It may be that others around you don't want to serve the purpose of God. It may be that others don't want to press in to the presence of God and pursue the promises of God. But God is speaking to you because those around you are waiting for someone to take some leadership, and God is speaking to you it's time to step out so what are you waiting for how come we don't struggle with stepping out when we want to spend money on ourselves have you noticed that Right, you want to get a new car, and so you. I think I can buy it. I think I can buy it. Oh, it's going to cost a bit extra a month. Okay, I'll stretch it. But oh, I'm buying a new house, or I'm getting that uh, another pair of shoes, uh, or, or uh, that, that watch, or, or um, that. that you know that that, that that new toy, and when we want to spend money on ourselves, it's amazing how we can stretch ourselves and take huge steps, right? It's amazing how we can stretch. It's amazing how we can get into debt and spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people who don't care. It's amazing. How come when we want to spend money on ourselves, we take big steps? But suddenly, when God calls us to step out, suddenly we become ballerinas. We take little steps. Shouldn't we change that? Shouldn't we step out for God? Shouldn't we step out into a whole new reality and step away from the things that hold us back and from the people that hold us back and listen to the word of God and that still small voice that's calling us to venture beyond our comfort zone, our convenience, our security and step out in the purposes of God. Jesus said, come. And so Peter steps out over the edge of the boat to the amazement, the despair and dismay of his fellow disciples. And he walks on water and verse 30 says, but when he saw the wind, he began to sink. Friends, problems seem bigger the closer you are to your promise. You see, as the closer he got to Jesus, he saw the wind and he started to doubt. The greater your problem, the greater the promise on the other side of your problem. You may be facing a problem in your marriage right now, in your finances right now, in your confidence right now. Maybe you're dealing with some insecurities that you faced when you were 13 or 14. Then you faced it in your early 30s and maybe in your 40s and your 50s right now. And those same insecurities are rearing their head. And God said, it's time for you to step out and to try trust me, to find your identity in me and not in your past? Why don't you turn your back on your past? And why don't you face the future that God has for you? You see, so many times we keep our eyes locked into our past. We're always looking back. What we've been through wasn't fair, the abuse, the betrayal, the disappointment. And what we do is we turn around and we keep our eyes on the past and we reverse into our future by keeping our eyes on our past. God doesn't want you to reverse into your future. You reverse into your parking bay, but you don't have to reverse into your future. God wants you to turn your back on your future, uh, on your, turn your back on your past and face your future. He wants you to to get your behind behind you. See the great thing about my behind is that I don't have to see my behind because my behind is behind me. Your past is behind you. Don't focus on your behind. Don't focus on your past. The greatest thing I like about my behind is my behind is behind me. I don't have to see my life. the only people that have to focus on my behind are the people that are behind me. And I don't want to be behind me. I want to be pursuing the purpose of God. So turn your back on your past. He's forgiving you of your by the way. God doesn't have to forgive you. He loves to forgive you. That's how much he He loves you, and there's nothing you can do about that. If you never come back to church again, if you never praise him again, if you never give another pound into the offering again, if you never serve the purpose of God, he will always love you. Because he doesn't have love for you, he is love. He created you. His son went to die on the cross for you. He didn't just die for you. He died as you because he took himself upon himself, your son. He's dealt with your past. So get your past behind you. Get your behind behind you. Get your past behind you and step into the future. It's time to step out. What are you waiting for? It's time to step out. You see, the size of your destiny is determined by the size of the problem that stops you. He saw the wind and the waves. We have an enemy, and the enemy is not uh, after your circumstance. The enemy is after your confidence. You see, God's primary concern in your life right now is not to change your circumstance, because your circumstance is temporary anyway. It's going to change. And God can change circumstances, but His primary concern is not to change your current reality, your present predicament. God's greater priority is to change you in your current reality. In your present predicament, why? Because He wants you to get a new perspective. It's not your circumstances that define you, it's not your circumstances that predict your promise and your future. Your circumstances are just a set of um, a situation that God may never have designed for you, but you find yourself in that predicament. But He wants to give you a new perspective of who He is in that predicament. He wants to change you in your circumstance. You see, your circumstance will change. Change, but he will never change he will always love you and so don't try and view the goodness of God you see we know that God is great and God is good but don't try and get a, a view of the goodness and the greatness of God by the limiting factors of your current reality because so often we have a skewed view of who God is because of the current reality that is restricting us God wants you to establish who you are in him from where he is that you're a child of the living God that Jesus died for you and has a plan and a purpose for you that you are not a mistake even though your parents may have made a mistake to get you here God planned for you to be here that you are a person of destiny that he loved you from the beginning he designed you in your mother's womb he sent his son to to take upon himself your sin and so when you're positioned in your born identity in Christ you can view your current reality from a perspective of heaven from a throne room perspective from the perspective of the king of kings who loves you and has a plan for your life amen and so God wants to lift you out, but he wants to change you before he changes the circumstances that surround you. And so Peter faces the wind, and he starts to sink. And Jesus says, verse 31, 31, O you of little faith. I don't think it was the quality of Peter's faith that was lacking. I don't think it was the quantity of his faith that was lacking. I don't even think it was the direction of the faith that was lacking. It was the duration of his faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Zion Church, don't give up. This is the best kept secret in Hales Owen, in Birmingham. Don't give up. Watch what God's about to do. What are you waiting for? Verse 32. What Jesus does, I love this. It says, that as Peter sank, Jesus immediately lifted him up. Immediately. Immediately. And then verse 32 says this, verse 32, verse 33. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him. Wait, verse, go back to verse 32. And when they climbed back into the boat, I've never seen this before, when. In other words, when Peter sank and he lifted him out of the water, they still had to get back to the boat. Now, do you think Jesus kept him out of the waters? Done. Peter, you sank. Who do you think you are? You think you're Jesus? You think you can walk on the water? I tell you what, Peter, you're going to stay under there. I'm going to drag you back under the water. You're going to be the first submarine uh, uh, um, sailor. Um, uh, and, and do you think uh, uh, Peter was all the way back to the boat? No, 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 no. It says when they, got, they climbed back into In other words, Jesus lifted him up. Jesus always lifts you up. He lifted him up, and they walked back. To the boat. So, how do you think Peter walked back to the boat when all his friends were gloating in the boat, afloat in the boat with a great gloat on their moat? No, I, uh, uh, I, I in my next life, I want to be a black rapper, <laughs> not a Mars bar, anyway. Um, you, you know, um, listen, I, th- I think when Peter walked back, I think he walked back like this. Because his buddies were watching, right? And he's walking with Jesus back to the boat. Hey, guys, check this out. I'm walking, which is, listen, when Jesus rescues you, you never walk back to the boat the same way you left the boat. Never. Because you're walking with Jesus, I think they got back to the boat. Peter said, Jesus, you get in. Jesus said, no, you get in. He said, I tell you what, Jesus, I'll just walk around to the other side. Hello, from the other side, and I'll get in. You see, he was walking on water, people. That's what happens when you put your life in Jesus' hands. And then it says, when he got back, they worshipped. The primary purpose of the church is not mission. It's worship. The reason why we do mission is that the people that are yet to know him are yet to praise him. You see, mission will one day cease, but worship never will. We were made to worship. The reason why we go to the nations, the way, reason why we reach out to the community here in Hales Owen, is because there are a people that are yet to worship him. So when he got back into the boat, they worshipped. Last thing is this. I thought, I thought what, what were the other disciples thinking? A, a young adult pastor once asked me, he said, um, would you preach on, um, it wasn't me? And I thought, of, I thought of Thomas. What if Thomas was in the boat and he said, oh, it wasn't me that walked on the water. I wish it was me. It could have been me. It wasn't me. It will be me. I don't know if you've got any regrets or disappointment in your life. It wasn't you. It could have been you, but I want to say to you, it's time to step out. What are you waiting for? It could be you. Because in 52 AD, Thomas stepped into a boat, sailed to India, and there are churches all over India today called St. Thomas's. There will be Indians in heaven for all eternity because of Thomas. A couple of years ago, I opened a church preached at an opening of a church in Chennai and the pastor took me to the very place where Thomas was martyred for his faith. It wasn't Thomas on that day. It was Peter. But in 52 AD, it was Thomas. It wasn't me. It could be me. It will be me. I'm going to ask Abby and the team to come up and to sing this beautiful song and then I'm going to close in prayer. I believe it's time to step up. I believe the challenge for us is what are we waiting for? If not now, when? If not you, who? Who will step out and step into a whole new reality and serve the purpose of God? Let's allow the song to minister to us, and then we're going to close. So what are you waiting for? It's time to step out. There's some area in your life right now. God is speaking to you to step out. It's just that next step. It's that first step. It may be a financial decision. It may be a decision to roll up your sleeves and get involved somewhere. It may be that you need to love your spouse like you used to. instead of facing the mountain of everything you've swept under the carpet you're going to allow Jesus to remove the mountain and you're going to love this person this friend this husband, this wife this partner you're going to love this person this child that's disappointed you you're going to make a phone call to a family member on the other side of the world or in another city. And you're going to have the courage to have an awkward conversation that's going to change the atmosphere of a relationship because it's time to step out. It's time to face your fears in the presence of the one who's taken care of your future by dying in your place on Calvary's cross. What is it? You know what it is. God's Spirit's moving in your heart right now. He loves you that much. What is it you need to do to step out and say, yes, God, I'm going to step out. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to heal that relationship. I'm going to go the extra mile for my husband or my wife. I'm going to, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to irritate them. I'm not going to push their buttons anymore. What is it? I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm just going to take the next step and it's a big step. If that's you, and you know God has spoken, won't you just stand to your feet right now, where you are, just stand to your feet right now, because I want to include you in my prayer. Just stand to your feet. You know, don't stand because anyone else is standing. Stand because you know God is speaking to you. That insecurity that keeps you grumpy, or keeps you mad, or keeps you disappointed, keeps you entitled whatever it is deal with that insecurity now it's time to grow up i'm 54 and i'm tired of some of my insecurities i've got quite a few i'm tired i want to step up and honor god by receiving healing and wholeness from my past i want to turn my back on my past and step into the future won't you stand right now Father, I want to thank you for every person that's standing in your presence. I can see them standing, but you can see their heart. And right now, Lord, I bring each one. From the front right to the back, I bring each one to you. And I ask you right now, as they've had the courage to stand, Lord, will you be the healer where they've been hurt, burnt, and disappointed, where they've been betrayed, they've suffered abuse where they've been rejected Lord will you be the one who receives them and approves of them by your great love now Lord won't you put your hand upon each one and bring them to a place of completeness and as we step out I thank you Jesus you're always there to rescue even when we sink but we're never going to go back same way we left we're going to walk on water because we do not walk alone we walk with our hand in the hand of our savior and our leader jesus christ i want to ask those people that have been standing you may be seated god bless you One, one more thing we're going to pray for i want to pray for one more group of people if you're here and you've never given your life to jesus christ I wanted you to make the most important decision of your life. and I want you to pray a prayer that will invite the Savior of the world into your life and your heart. And He wants to forgive you of your past and He wants to position you for a whole new future. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer right now in the integrity of your own heart. Just say these words right now or words to these effect where you see them right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm a mess without you. I've messed up, I'm a sinner. Please forgive my sin. Because in in this moment, I believe there's destiny in this room. In this moment, I believe that Christ died for me, that He was raised from the dead, and that Jesus is coming soon. So here we go, Lord. I give my life to You. Thank You for forgiving me. Thank You for a new start to life. Now, Lord, wherever you lead me I will follow I will build your church I will serve your purpose and I'll live not for myself but for your glory and enjoy what's left of the rest of my life Father I want to pray for every person that prayed that prayer Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart I want you when I say three I'm going to count to three I want you to put your hand in the air and say DJ I prayed that prayer Include me in your concluding prayer. If you pray that prayer, and you're mental with all your heart, you pray that prayer for the first time or for the first time in a long time, Jesus died for you. Will you raise your hand because you've decided to follow him? If that's you, won't you raise your hand now? One, two, three, just raise your hand right now. say, yes, DJ, I prayed that prayer. I gave my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand right now. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand right now thank you for that hand thank you for that love well, I want to pray for that gentleman pray that your hand, your, your hand will be upon him that you'd seal this commitment that he's made to follow you all the days of his life and Lord for every person in this place who needs Jesus as a savior I pray that your grace and your mercy will follow them from this day forward like never before because you'll love them and you'll love to forgive them Thank you for your presence in this place. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you.